This is View from the Cop on the Blood Red Channel, our Liverpool FC fans podcast, bringing you all the big talking points at Anfield. Hello and welcome to the View from the Cop Liverpool FC fans podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Paul Philbin and myself initially recorded this show on Tuesday alongside our special guest, singer-songwriter and Liverpool supporter Ben Burke to help promote his brilliant new single, The Life I Left Behind. And then Friday happened. We just felt we couldn't put the podcast out without mentioning the signings of Thiago and Diogo Jota. So I caught up with Philbo while he was having a pint on Penny Lane on Saturday afternoon. You'll hear that chat first and then I'll catch up with Ben Burke. The View from the Cop on the Blood Red Channel. Well, Philbo, thank you very much for joining me, mate, for the second time this week. I know the first time we spoke was no indication that Thiago would be signing him. And we certainly didn't have any idea that Diego, Diogo Jotter, I should say, would be uh, following him. How was exciting was it for you as a fan, you know, to see the, the news rolling in on Friday night that not, not just one player signing, but two? It, to be honest, it was, it was a whirlwind, like 24 hours or so, weren't it? Because, nobody, as you say, nobody saw Thiago coming in so quickly and... Within a few hours, it was happening to being done, and I don't know. It, was, it felt like it's it's the most excited I've been about a signing since probably Fernando Torres. And I know Liverpool have signed big players since then, the likes of Van Dijk, Allison, Fabinho, who've transformed Liverpool. But it's the first time when we signed those kind of players, it was because we needed them, and we knew that we needed them to go on to the next level. Whereas bringing Thiago in, who is arguably, if you go off what everyone in football world says is the best midfielder in the world, yeah. in more De Bruyne, it's like we've signed him because we want to stay on the level of being the best football side in the world, and like it's the biggest, it's the biggest, highest profile sign Liverpool have ever made, and you'd be mad not to be getting excited about it because I could go back to Torres and. I can remember being in, coming over from school and that being announced, and it was like, "Wow, we're signing some kid here that's the hottest prospect in Europe in terms of a striker." Like every club in Europe was linked with him, we signed him, and now Thiago, he's as I said to you a couple of minutes ago, he's the best midfielder in Europe, and he wanted to join Liverpool. Yeah, I, I, it just it's frightening. In my lifetime, I've never known Liverpool to be at that stage. It's always been. To go to Liverpool to then go to Barcelona to Real Madrid and all these elite sides in Europe and now we are the elite side in Europe I think it's a brilliant point, mate, and I've not actually thought about it because, let's face it, Bayern Munich have just won the Champions League and I was reading last night that he was all set to sign a contract at Bayern. His, his family seemed to be happy over there. Obviously, they're a brilliant football team. And then he heard Klopp and Liverpool were interested and he was like, oh, actually, I'm going. And I think you're absolutely spot on, mate. Like, even you look at Alisson, you look at Salah, they were at Roma, a, a big club but smaller than Liverpool. Van Dijk, Southampton, obviously a smaller club. Mane, the same. Now Liverpool can cherry pick. You know, they can go to Madrid, they can go to Barcelona, they can go to Bayern Munich, Paris Saint-Germain, like, you know, we've, 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 we've joked about Mbappe. But, you know, if he was to ever leave Paris Saint-Germain, Liverpool would be one of the destinations and I'm sure he'd consider. It's, it's, it's just a game changer. I think you're, you're so right. It's, the, the, the club has obviously changed on the field, hasn't it? But off it now, it must just have that reputation that the very best players in the world, like you said, they want to join. Exactly, yeah. And it... Every sign in the clubs made, bar and one or two, have transformed Liverpool to the next level. Like as you just mentioned with Van Dijk and Allison, it's um, we knew we needed these players, and we knew it was going to take us onto the new level, which it took us to be 
Champions of Europe, win the league last season. But then to go and sign Thiago, it's like we're staying on this level. And you know what? We can go and fight on all four fronts this season and be absolutely fine with it. Like the signing of him, he's going to obviously, you'd imagine, go straight into the starting 11 once he's up and running. And that just makes our squad obviously stronger. And that'll lead to League Cup sides being a lot stronger, FA Cup sides being a lot stronger. So all of a sudden, you wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing Liverpool in semi-finals and finals of the domestic trophies as well now because the squad is much stronger. And not even the, sign, the two signs of Thiago and um, Jota. Like, in January, we brought in Minamino and then we brought a left-back in. And in what? Two windows, we brought four players in there that have made the first team somehow stronger, but also just made the, the squad an awful lot stronger. Like, you're looking at um, our bench against Leeds and it, it looks strong, but you're like, there's something missing there. And now that something missing is going to be somebody who was starting possibly on last Saturday that now will be sitting on the bench because we brought in Thiago. Yeah, I think it's another brilliant point, mate, because you look at City, the only difference over these last couple of years can probably compared to Liverpool that they've won a League Cup, obviously that seems to be their trophy at the moment, and they've won an FA Cup, and that's primarily because their bench was or squad was just a bit stronger, wasn't there wasn't the starting eleven that was better than Liverpool's, it was just the, the, the squad, and like, oh yeah, it's going to be really interesting on Thursday night at Lincoln, isn't it? Because it's not going to be a gang of kids playing, you're going to have like Shaqiri, Origi, potentially Thiago, potentially Jota, you know, Minamino, it's, it's going to be as a team that would be probably as, as good as most in the Premier League. Well, that's it. That, that, that was going to be my next point. It's like the amount of times you've saw over the last few years when City have been in the League Cup and they threw Leicester away in the League Cup and they put a side out and you go, that side's better than Leicester starting 11. Whereas if we put a side out, it'll be like Leicester's side's probably just better. So we, the chances are we're going to go out tonight. Whereas if we were to play a stronger side in these competitions now, you look at it and go, actually, we're going to... Uh, we're going to go to Zoe and probably beat them because with our second string now is so strong that if you had to put that out in the Premier League, I'm not going to say it's going to finish in the top four or anything like that, but it'd have a good go at challenging for Europe, really. It's that it is that good now. Totally agree. And as you say, it makes you wonder. I'm sure everyone's been doing it already, particularly Thiago, because I think Jota, I really like him whenever I've seen him for Wolves. I think he's, he's an excellent player, but you, you'd imagine he'd come in primarily to act as backup and a bit of competition for the brilliant front three. But you, as you said a moment ago, you'd think Thiago's one for the starting lineup straight away. Once he's up and running and fully firing, he's in. He's, is he in your first choice midfield? And who is your first choice midfield now? Because let's face it, there's only three you can pick. <laughs> it, yeah, that's it. I think over in previous podcasts, I've always said Liverpool's midfield is a horses courses kind of um, midfield. Like you look at um, the likes of Milner, you know the games that James Milner needs to play. You know the games Fabinho doesn't need to play because, for example, if you're playing in previous seasons, Bournemouth at home, I know they're not in the league no more. You don't need Fabinho in that midfield because they're, they're too nice. They're not. You don't need to play after that holding midfield. who's just going to stop them playing football because the chances are we're going to have 70% of the possession. So, Adam Thiago, he is probably the only one in the midfield barring Henderson because he's the captain that is a certain start in that midfield now because one, he is absolutely world-class and two, the the different options that Liverpool have in midfield is going to suit different games. Like, there might be a game when 
Thiago's not. You don't put Thiago in. I, I, I can't see it like right now because of how good he is. But if you go into Burnley away or something, and you just need the lads, you are just going to graft in the midfield. You go with the likes of Wijnaldum, Milner, Henderson, or Fabinho, and then you save Thiago to just pull the strings that we crafted against one of the better footballing sides. Yeah, you, you can tell you're buzzing, mate. Anyone listening to this will will tell that, uh, and, and you can tell Thiago is as well. Like there were some brilliant videos, wasn't there, on social oh. media last night where he's going up to the the cameras through with the LFC TV uh, lads, going like, "How are we?" and stuff yeah. like that. It's just it was a good place to be, wasn't it? Because sometimes this this summer, Twitter's has not been a great place to be. I know you work in social media, and I know there's been a big debate of whether Liverpool could and should sign anyone. But it, it, it you've got to remember, Liverpool won the title by 18 points last season. There was absolutely nothing to worry about but it's just give everyone a bit of a lift hasn't it this yeah I think I think everyone needed it to be fair and that sounds mad considering what happened only in the summer but there has there has felt like there's some kind of negativity around social media and other things that something like this will give us a buzz and this is me just um, guessing but I think Klopp brought, and this isn't that like having a bad way of Curtis Jones. I think he's a really good football. I think he's going to be brilliant for the club. But I think Curtis Jones coming on on Saturday was Croft's message of being like, I need that. Mm, yeah. Somebody, because I'm turning to a youngster here, you know what I mean, to come and win Liverpool the game. And then since then, obviously things have just went 100 mile an hour in terms of incomings at the club. So it's, it's exciting. And, and the way the club have... Um, revealed Thiago on social media it's kind of what we spoke about in the previous podcasts and it's mentioned later on the the club understand what the fans want yeah. now so having somebody inside the club who understands the mentality the fans the local lingo even is so crucial and so important that we can all relate to that and everyone's buzzing about that video the if you look at Twitter this morning, that's the only thing that's getting tweeted. Like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely brilliant work by the club. Uh, it's all eyes on Chelsea now, isn't it? On Sunday, we we don't know if Thiago. I don't think Jota will be playing. There was the, I know the Echo reporting on Friday night that he'd sign in time for him to play Thiago on on Sunday. Like, it was a big game anyway. They've obviously signed a lot of good players. So have Liverpool now, but you can't wait for that one. Yeah, like I thought we'd be Chelsea on Sunday anyway, but. I think it's just going to be direct spring in the step, isn't it? The, the the players and because we brought in these players and it sounds mad, but even I think the fans on watching at home will have a bit of a buzz. And Chelsea away is always a good day out, and I couldn't have thought of a better way as the first away of the season as champions and bringing in Tyson Santiago. Um, we've been uh, we won't be there sadly because I can just imagine what the away end would have been like. What I was going to say as well, and, and um, I don't want to big, well, I'm going to big all the lads who uh, work for us. I think the coverage has been unbelievable. How we, um, we're all over the Thiago stuff and even the Jossa stuff. Like, I know we haven't spoke about Jossa as much, but you cannot be excited about him because, he, as you said before, he's a quality player. I think he's going to, I think he's a player to. Liverpool fans will just love like know the way when Oxley Chamberlain come in, when Milner come in, all these kind of plays that they just have this kind of instant connection with the fans. Joss has got that feeling about him. 
And if it, it felt as well, then it like that front line, the options just needed freshening up a little bit. Then you know, the, the, uh, how do you get past Salah, Firmino, and Manny? I don't know, but there's been talking maybe Origi going, and and if and when he does go, he goes as a, a legend after what he did yeah. uh, in the eighteen nineteen season in particular. But like, yeah, Josh, it's just a bit of excitement, isn't it, up there? Like, you know, there's another option. There's different ways of playing now. Liverpool up there, definitely. Well, the thought, the thought of Liverpool needing a goal in the last ten minutes and the front three be, and this isn't saying anything on. Firmino, but Salamane and Jota, Jota's dapper themselves. So if Liverpool are in on the break and Jota's like in the middle of them two, then you've got absolutely no chance. Like you'd have no chance with just Salah and Mane and you're on the break. So adding another person into that in the final 10, 15 minutes of the game is just it's frightening, really. Yeah, yeah. If, if anyone's not seen him, and I'm sure most people who listen to this podcast will have seen him because he's been such a good player for Wolves these past couple of seasons. He's absolutely rapid. <laughs> he's like, yeah, he's absolutely rapid. So, yeah, and it just it, it just got the feeling, doesn't it? Just before I do, I do let you go, mate, it, it, it just got the feeling that, yeah, Liverpool mean business, don't they? You know, they, they, yeah. they won the title last season and then we all knew they weren't going away. But it just yeah. feels like, listen, City have bought, Chelsea have bought, United have bought, and, and now Liverpool have him. And it's just a I little reminder, it, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think um, this is, again, me just having my own theory. I think Liverpool were always going to do business this summer, but I think they've cleverly watched the market in terms of how much people are spending on players. Because apart from the odd one or two, we haven't seen the 80 million, 90 million being thrown about really, have we? So I think once the club got an understanding of the market that makes sense to go right bang bang we've done with our business now use panic and go and uh, do what you need to do because we didn't need to if if we go into the new season with what we had I'm content with that but now we've strengthened an awful lot since January with the ad bringing in Minamino as well the people will be looking at Liverpool and going they're not just a great starting 11 now they've got one hell of a squad then and I think it'll, the likes of City other than Chelsea City United, all these sides you'll want to be getting closer to us. We'll now have to think, right, we need to do something now. And we've probably put Liverpool going on the front foot is probably going to make those sides like, oh, right, we need to do something now. And that might lead to some kind of kind of panic buys and bringing in players that they don't want. And that can upset the apple cart with other clubs. And now that could also benefit us. The view from the cop on the Blood Red Channel. Nice to catch up with Philbo again there. We also had a great time talking to Ben Burke on the phone on Tuesday. It's been a big week for Ben. His new single, The Life I Left Behind, was released on all major platforms on Friday. And given we recorded this part of the podcast three days before the single actually came out, we started by asking him if the feeling before the single release is similar to the days leading up to a big Liverpool match. Oh, not half, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you, you can't quite expect how it's going to go, you know. Once the track is released at midnight, like Thursday at midnight, you know what I mean? It's a bit like it all starts there and then, yeah, you do get a little bit nervous like as to how it's going to go, how many, you know, how many streams it's going to get and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, but exciting as well, like... Definitely, and you know, a lot of Liverpool matchgoers and listeners to this podcast will will know you from some of the big gigs you've played, like in Madrid, which we'll, we'll definitely have to touch on in a bit, and, and through the boss nights as well, someone we have a close association with on this podcast, and, and Paul particularly. But just for the people who may have not heard yourself or your, your music, how have you, you come to this point now where you're now releasing your own songs as a, as a solo yeah, artist? It, it, step by step, sort of. It was I was in a band when I, uh, about four years ago called The Stamp, 
Um, but I, I was only the bass player in the band, um, and we we done we were doing all right. Got a bit of a buzz going around in the city, and then we su- went on a European tour for a month support. And um, I don't know whether you remember the Scottish band, The View. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we, we went around with them and all that. Blah de blah. Ended up split. Band ended up splitting up, and then from that point, I didn't stop. Then I, I thought, no, I, I can't just I can't just give up here. So I started started getting quite creative and started writing a load of tunes um and then from then on in um got me foot in the door with boss nights which was obviously a, a massive help um in terms of experience live experiences and in terms of developing and gaining new fans and stuff like that that was amazing um so i released my first track leaving tomorrow uh, august last year 2019 it went pretty well it went all right um as i say i released it completely independently uh, so i was sort of finding me feet with releasing music and stuff like that from then on i released a single in december called wait and another one in march called the winds of change um and now on friday we've got the life i left behind which i'm releasing through nifty records which is a local label um sound lads like so yeah, just um, just been been writing since then, and I don't think I'll ever stop. Like, yeah, brilliant. And it, you know, music and football's gone in hand in hand for years and years and years. You know, you can go all the way back. Yeah, to, well, it pulled us, like it pulled 60s. us through the eighties. Well, it, you it, know what it, I mean? It, it did, and, and this is the thing about Boss Night. We've had people like uh, obviously Dan Nicholson on the, on the show before, and it was yeah, it was kind of yeah. like it was a movement, wasn't it? You know, you've got lads like Philbo who goes the game and then it's somewhere to go after and enjoy music as well and it you know you playing those nights must have give you that kind of great exposure and and kind of built up a bit of a grassroots support as well well yeah definitely definitely and you'd always have a laugh and all the lads involved are great and it's just pure passion for for the reds like in it you know what i mean and it's it's, it's lovely to see yeah, what, what do you make of it all, Phil, though? Because, you know, we've been doing this podcast for probably about three years now on one of many that we do on the Blood Red channel and we've had lots of people like Ben on in the past and it seems to be just growing and growing, doesn't it? Yeah, that, it does exactly that and it's, um, you want that to uh, happen. I was talking to somebody the other week and I, I was saying it feels like like Liverpool music on the back of Boss Night as well as other like bands around the city and solo artists. It feels like it's thriving more than I can remember in recent years, like, and seeing, like, lads like Ben and others getting up using Boss Night for the platform to then go and make their own music and get it out there. It's, it's great to see, isn't it, really? It, it is. It's, it's excellent. And like you said, just to back that up, really, it, it, I feel like there has been, like, a massive resurgence of, of like, inspiration and talent in art uh, in the city and music in the city, like, like you've just been saying, um, there seems to be like a new wave of sort of songwriters pushing through. And it's like, as you say, it probably is sort of off the back of that positivity from the football and stuff, you know what I mean, as well. So, boss. Brilliant. And obviously, we've we've had Jamie Webster on the podcast before. We actually had him on the, the, the last podcast before his album went into number six in the charts, which is an incredible achievement. And if, if, Jamie, yeah, if, if Jamie happens to be listening, proud of him. well done, mate. Yeah, you've said it like the, the absolute perfect words there. You're proud of him, like a lot of people are in this city, yeah. not just Reds, but Blues as well. Is he a big inspiration to you, kind of thing? Because, you know, you're following a very similar path, aren't you? Uh, kind of, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's definitely inspired like again to, to, to revert back to that sort of hope it's it's like it's give me it's give me hope that you know it's happening again in Liverpool you know what I mean 
fine. I feel, I feel like we were sort of it was sort of laying dormant for a while, you know what I mean? And we're sort of back there now, and it's it's great, and it, it's great to see Jamie sort of at the forefront, you know what I mean? And yeah, he, he definitely has inspired me. Good stuff. Well, as you say, Jamie's very well known, and you're getting yourself uh, well known known to a wider audience now, but. Both you and him, plus Kieran and many other artists, played uh, the fan park in Madrid before last year's Champions yeah. League final. And no, Philbo, you were in yeah. the crowd. I was back at the Echo working that day. I suppose we asked this question to every kind of musician who comes on who played it that day, but what was it like walking out onto that stage? Mind blowing. I'm not a, I, I mean that. I mean that. Not uncovered. I was talking to, the, to John Gibbo from the Anfield Rap the other day, yeah. and I was saying, not un- could have actually prepared me personally for how how actually amazing it was, you know. It was just absolutely incredible to, to play in front of that many people for the start, to be in, like, what, 30-odd degrees heat, you know what I mean, in my shorts and my sunnies and that. It was just like, <laughs> this is class, you know what I mean? And all, all the atmosphere, the atmosphere was just great, just looking out to a sea of red, footies getting kicked around everywhere. It was just brilliant. I bet you've looked back at videos, haven't you, since then? Quite a lot of times you've got some on your phone, hopefully. Yeah, 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 too right. Yeah, and to Philbo, again, we've probably asked you this question before, but come on, like, what a memory it was. Do you still <laughs> think about that weekend? And, like, not oh, even yeah. the match as such, but the, what happened before it? Yeah, it, it was it was actually the perfect weekend, wasn't it? As Ben said, it was roasting that day. And, like, seeing local lads get that kind of chance to performance runs to thousands it's something that many people dream of doing and obviously everyone had their own mates there and mixing and then you been having a good bevy and stuff so yeah it was it was a great weekend and like being there in, in the crowd was amazing so I can't imagine what it was like basically controlling the crowd from singing on a massive stage like yeah well, it's the first time I've ever faced anything like that you know what I mean and it was like I just walked away from it all, just like completely mind, as I say, mind blown. Like, and the great thing is, particularly with with Boss Nights, and every credit to the club as well. They're very much, uh, you know, they're very much cooperating with uh, organisations and events like Boss Nights at the moment to to make sure that fan culture is represented at big events. And after Madrid, obviously winning the Champions League, gave Liverpool the chance to go into the uh, FIFA Club World Cup, and you you went over to Doha, I believe, and played there as well. Again, that was another experience and a half that I couldn't have dreamed of experience and I've got so much to thank the lads for, like, you know what I mean? Because, like, you know, getting on, like, amazing, like, the flight and everything over was amazing, you know what I mean? Like, Qatar Airways, you know, free scran, free, free ale for seven hours, so it's in the element, you know what I mean? <laughs> and the, the hotel was unbelievable again. It was uh, the, the, the whole setup was great. The fan park was great. Safe. Like, safe. and then that was Sorry, it. Our status after that was champions of the world, wasn't it? So you know what I mean. Phil, like you know, FSG haven't haven't been perfect. You know, we've done podcasts before over, you know, the ticket prices or even more recently, like you know, the furlough scheme. But you know, to their to their credit, yeah. they did a U turn on it. But they've definitely appointed people at the club, haven't they? That uh, uh, you know, that are looking out for the fans, aren't they? And especially this boss night events is a big part of that, isn't it? It feels like. The, the club is more close to the fan base than probably for a long time. Yeah, it yeah. is. That is the case. It's it's been a, it's been something that I think everybody's wanted to be a thing for years, and to the likes of us, it was so clearly obvious what was needed to be done, and it was embracing 
like the lads at Boss Night and bringing them in and just saying, look, let us do our thing and it'll just all come into place. And it hasn't as people at the club now who were massively involved and have changed the kind of um, relationship between the fans and the club. And it, well, it probably all started when Jürgen Klopp came in, didn't it, really? That's that's true, yeah. yeah. How does it feel? This, when... Is this the best time of your life following Liverpool? Not apart from just the trophies, obviously, Ben. Uh, yeah, I think because of, of the age of me, yeah. Because, you know, I, I wasn't around during the, the, the glory days. Like So this, to me, in my lifetime, this is the best that it's ever been, yeah. So it's it's great. It's great to be a part of. It is indeed, and it? It, it all started again on Saturday with that brilliant game against Leeds at Anfield, 4-3 to Liverpool. Before we just get on to the game, I'll tell you what, Phil, it, it was a brilliant, it was, I was gripped by it, watching it from home, but it was just one of those where you think, God... Wouldn't it have been great for fans to actually have been there? Like it would probably have made it an even better match, given you know how dramatic it yeah, was. Definitely. Do you know what? Of course, I was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> One game in. <laughs> it felt like um, it actually felt very similar to when we played Norwich the opening day last season. Like even though the scoreline last season against Norwich was was a four-one, I think. Norwich yes, came and yeah. had a go, and they had they had chances themselves, whereas Leeds did over the weekend. Well, obviously they took a few more of their chances and made it a bit of a nervy game. But I think if fans would have been in the ground, it would have been a different, a different game because it's so cliche to say, but the power it's of Anfield. Feed. Yeah, it's what we feed off, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. It's what our, our players feed off, the, the atmosphere in Anfield itself. Yeah, I don't, I don't exactly. Know, I don't know about you, Sue, but like, you know, a lot of people will probably, you know, I remember when before the, the the Premier League returned and I know there was that talk about maybe the games being played at neutral grounds and with clubs like Brighton, understandably, we say, no, we don't want this. We want to play at our home ground. But and Because when you're playing, say, a Liverpool at home or a Man City at home, you're a, a smaller club, you want every advantage possible. But to be honest, the more I've thought about it, I actually think it's affecting more teams like Liverpool, you know, whose crowd are so key to everything they do. I think it's actually giving the opposition more of a chance now, that you know, without fans there. Absolutely. Um, well, you only have to look at the end of last season. Liverpool struggled at, at times. Like you look at the Burnley game at Anfield that ended in the draw. If that would have been a routine fans in the ground, that wouldn't have been the case. And then obviously Saturday we just got over the line. Even even away from home, it, it affects uh, it affects Liverpool more than anything because Liverpool the, the side thrive off the fans and if 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 you're in the way end and you can sense something's happening you get behind them even more and normally they'll go and score a goal whereas now yeah. it's not unlike that like it is just 11 versus 11 and whoever's better on that day will win the game win the game whereas we as fans can't have an impact at the minute Definitely not. You know, Ben, just the the player who probably decided the game on Saturday, Mohamed Salah. Uh, it's just a little reminder if anyone needed just how much of a world class player he is, isn't he? He really is something else. Oh, it's almost like he's taken taken for granted at times. He's he's unbelievable, and for those who, who sort of did lose faith, he's he's, he's got it. He's he's a, he's a champion. You know what I mean? He's you know he's he's just unbelievable. Yeah, but what's like you know. 
I don't know, maybe it's outside of Liverpool fans. It's almost like it, it goes under the radar, his, his record. But then you see it on Saturday. I think we were writing it. It was like 97 goals in 154 games. This is this is Suarez level. This is Robbie Fowler level. You know, this is a, elite level of anyone in Liverpool Football Club. The, the base he's scoring at. He's, he's an absolute freak. And to be honest... After lockdown, when we returned, I thought he was Liverpool's best player, but he was just not scoring the goals. Whereas on Saturday, even though two of them were penalties, he just had this steely look in, in his eyes that it was like, oh yeah, I'm here. People are writing me off this and that. Let's just see what happens kind of thing. And yeah. I watched, I watched Gary, I didn't watch Monday Night Football, but I watched, saw Gary Neville's, what Gary Neville was saying about him on Twitter this morning. And that was spot on. He's just got like this arrogance where he's just gonna go to another level again. It feels, yeah, yeah. Every credit to Leeds as well. You know, we've, as Ben said, they and, and Philbo, you said they were like Lonitz last year. They were excellent. They came to play, uh, scored three goals. You know, another day might have got a point. Uh, probably say with you firstly on this one, Philbo. You know, there's. It's like any game of football, you uh, you usually used to go to the pub and, and chat about it. I don't know if we all have to do that nowadays, but you know. Uh, some of the talk was about maybe any concerns defensively you know there's a couple of uncharacteristic errors including one from Virgil should you just put it down to a bit of rustiness or you you worried at all like you know, maybe the defence won't be as tight this season I think I think it's a bit of rustiness but I obviously normally don't watch the game on the telly because I bit the match and what I noticed was the gap between the, the, the back four and the midfield was far too big like whoever was sitting in what should be the holding role. I think it was Henderson at the time. He was a few yards too further forward and Leeds just had this space in between that they exploited. And um, you put that down to rustiness and the fact that Henderson hasn't played since, what, June when he got injured against Brighton or whatever. So it is just kind of adapting again. And give it a couple of weeks, you'll just see Liverpool just ticking over and winning games as they have been doing for the last two, three years. The View from the Cop on the Blood Red Channel. It's not your first single. You've had a number out now, uh, which probably leads me to what's after that then? is I know there's talk of an EP or is there an album? What's the yeah, plan after the, this? Um, an EP is the next step. I think a four-track EP, maybe with a hidden little fifth track on it. But I'll, um, I'm going to keep that as a bit of a surprise, a bit of a secret. Um, got a couple of shows coming up Um Doing the Angus supporting Ian Prowse on Thursday. Yes, this Thursday, 17th. Yeah, yeah. that's right, which is the day before. So that'll be good. Sold out show already. Um, and then I've been, they've added another date for the following Thursday. Um, the 24th. So I'll be doing, yeah, um, so I'll be doing that as well. And then hopefully I'll get my own, my own kind of headline gig on the go if everything's sort of, if, if this bloody virus lets it happen like yeah. you know what I mean but we'll see what we'll see what happens with that and then yeah in the long run it'll be leading up to an album like yeah it's uh, the Angus the bar that Dan Nicholson's involved in isn't it lads that's that's, that's right. the one yeah yeah brilliant yeah, that's right it it's looks, great I've it been down good. a few times during the day for a cup of coffee and that it's lovely really really cool bar like yeah, it's good that you, you you can play like a venue like that because I can imagine the bigger gigs at the moment are, are on the shelf, aren't they, with everything's going on. It's it's tough for a musician, isn't it? You know, like me and Phil, I was journalists, we've, we've obviously had to adapt to working from home, but this is your livelihood, isn't it? You know, going out and playing gigs and, you know, that, that's what you need to get back to, don't you, really, before long? I'll be looking forward to Thursday because it'll be the first time I'll have played my own tunes to a crowd in 
God knows how long really it's been a while you know what I mean so yeah it must be a buzz that must be, I don't know if you've ever played footy to a decent level or even grassroots level it's like what's a comp- was it comparable to kind of like being up on stage to, to playing footy or is it just a different buzz altogether yeah probably similar buzz really yeah um, it's, it's all just it's, it, if you've sort of like if you've earned your craft and and you've got it down then yeah, it's 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 a buzz every time, like you know what I mean. Very much so. You missing it, Philbo? You know, being able to. I know we obviously we can go to the pubs and stuff like that. We can go to places like the Angus now, but you're missing not being able to go to gigs and things like that. Oh, honestly, it like live music is just such an escape away from the football. I, I can't wait to be able to go and see live music with a pack crowd again whenever that'll be. Um, but. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? But it'll be great when it's back. Yeah, it's yeah, man. Really. Yeah, football back, being back at the ground, and being able to go to gigs and stuff like that. You know, we've God, we we did a podcast and we a bit of normality in it. It is, it is, it is hard, isn't it? And it looks like we're in for maybe touch wood, not as hard as times we had in March and April, but it looks like we're in for a, a bit of tougher time again, aren't we? These next couple of months, but who knows? Maybe by say by March time, early New Year, after the the winter's gone, you'll be you'll be back playing and you'll be playing gigs. And yeah, I'm sure by then, you've hopefully got an EP out, maybe. But you, it feels like there's a bit of buzz going. There's a bit of a groundswell now for yourself. The fact that you you're doing single after single and now you're signed to the new label yeah I'm, I'm hoping so like I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping it all starts to move forward now like now that um, now, now that uh, the Nifty I'm working with Nifty I think that I'm sure that'll give me a, a bit more of a boost and uh, as I say as soon as I can start doing shows again I'll be out there lad. I'll be out there as often as possible good stuff well as we said at the top of the podcast uh, Ben's new single The Life I Left Behind is out on all major platforms on Friday just September the 18th and yeah do check it out uh, it's a great track and yeah Ben thank you very much for, for joining us mate oh, it'll be great to have you thanks. on in the future thanks very much for having us yeah defo just, just get on me and I'll, I'll be definitely game for doing another one like good stuff and Paul thanks as always mate no worries mate cheers You've been listening to the View from the Cop podcast on the Blood Red channel.